we're here today with Tony. And uh, Tony lives in, can I tell the yeah, audience where he lives? Karuizawa, the beautiful Karuizawa. We're out on a patio right now at a cafe, the illustrious Kurumi Cafe, having coffee and lunch. And I gotta say, it's this is a nice place. It is a nice place. And in fact, moving here, we, we've actually been here uh, best part of eight years now, uh -huh. uh, out of the 20 that we've been in Japan. And I think I can fairly say that moving here was probably the best decision after marrying my wife. Second only to se your se wife. Second only to marrying my wife. Moving here was the best decision I made in my life. It so was before fantastic. you came to Karizawa, where were you living? Uh, we were in Yokohama. We were. Uh, it's a busy city. We variously lived in three different locations in Yokohama. Mm -hmm. um, but a fortuitous change of circumstances gave us some options and... We examined them. Some undisclosed bills. It wasn't so much undisclosed bills as um, just uh, we'd we'd had a property in London, which uh, I don't know if you're familiar with UK um, sales values of property and that sort of thing. But it, there's it, a lot going on, like in the news about that. rent in in New York and London. Is that what you're mm. talking about? Is it? Well, I mean, we we had been renting out this property, and it was becoming a a little bit troublesome because we had a mortgage and there was always that concern of whether you'd get somebody else in if once the mortgage changed and you had to mm -hmm. tart up the place and blah, blah, blah. Um, and I felt that the, it was a, in a bubble that was about to collapse. Um, I was only partially right on that because although it did tail off mm -hmm. shortly after we sold, it picked up again within a couple of years. And, you know, people say to me, well, actually, if you'd held on to that, you, you know, you'd have got X much more money. Mm -hmm. I said, yeah, but I would have lost eight years of living here. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. Whatever. So. So you're from um, London originally, then? Uh, oh, that's a awkward question. So I was. My parents are both British, i.e., English, from the Midlands and Wiltshire, respectively. But I was born in Scotland, um, and then my parents moved to Zambia when I was 18 months old. Wow. I've, I've not been back to Scotland since. So actually, I have zero recollection. Of Scotland, but I'm proud to tell everyone that I'm Scottish. <laughs> it sounds like a bit of a contradiction, but anyway. Your accent. Well, I have no Scottish accent. At yeah, all, that's of what course. I was going to say. Yeah. Is that you don't sound like a Scotsman. Well, obviously, accent-wise, it becomes very complicated because living in Zambia, mm -hmm. um, we were living in basically a colonial-type mm -hmm. atmosphere where most of the people that we integrated with were mm -hmm. English. Yeah. Um, but then I went to school in what was then Rhodesia, so I picked up. Uh, Rhodesian action, accent. Ach, yeah, man, you know it's really lekker out here. And uh, <laughs> and then when the and then when the situation in Rhodesia became a little untenable for uh, in safety terms, mm -hmm. you know, with the did the you war, rush to the embassy war, to get of, war of independence and that sort of thing? Yeah. I, I mean, I was actually at school when there was a massacre at another oh, school um, where it was actually no longer being used as a school, but. Several children were killed, and that was the last straw for my parents. They whipped me out wow. just immediately. Were you conscious? How old were you at the time? I would have been, what, 10, 11 at that stage, but, I think. You know, politics uh, don't really, for a 10-year-old, don't really register. Were not you, at all, not at all. You were just um, kind of like, oh, this is it. we're here, and now we're going somewhere else. Uh, kind of, and, and I really kind of resented it because the school that I was at was just fantastic. It was a very old colonial, Dutch colonial reform building uh -huh. Uh -huh. in masses of land. I mean, I think the school itself had something like 2,500 acres of land. Acres that wow. 
I, I'm not even sure how to convert that into hectares, but you're talking an awfully large either. space. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's, it's probably yeah. like a thousand hectares or something. It's a you don't need to huge. convert it to hectares because uh, <laughs> you don't I'm know American. Either. And, okay. uh, <laughs> we also <laughs> use the you know miles, yeah, pounds, and uh, other um, crazy metrics. And, and and then I got sent to a school in UK, which was very much smaller in terms of space but much larger in terms of the student body mm -hmm. uh, and it had girls this was a bit of a <laughs> you were only what like 10 or 11 <laughs> yeah now, so. and uh, it had girls and and this was something that i hadn't really comprehended before i'd not had to cope with girls before how many years were you in africa altogether um so between i mean my uh, as it were my residence in mm -hmm. africa was mm -hmm. from the age of before i was two until i was 18 so effectively 16 years wow um, when you go back, but I was at school in UK from the age of eleven. Okay. And school in UK basically means nine months of the year in UK. Uh, and then my, my parents separated when I was sixteen, so my mother ended up in Kenya. So I was flitting between Zambia, Kenya, UK, until I until I finished school, basically. So when you, that, that's where my accent comes from. <laughs> and I was just going to yeah. say, what when you go back? to London and you talk to people can they place your accent or do they do they I mean you don't sound American uh, but and you I'm, sound I'm gonna British. take that you as a compliment you sound British <laughs> but British people are very conscious of, of accents I've, I've heard mm. each region mm -hmm. inside of England has a specific dialect or local sort of I accent I think that is uh, more true 30 40 years ago okay I'm, uh, I've in, never been there. in in this day and age what with the internet and television uh, to people and, and everything like that yeah um, everything's become a much more of a fudge and what okay. have you um, I, I would be very very you know even if you got one of these linguistic oh. experts who pinpoint dialects and where they come from and everything right, right. I think if you listen to me you would just say you sound like a Londoner I give up <laughs> I don't oh, okay. know where you come from <laughs> actually you have a very rich um, background very, your experience growing up I would think uh, would be amazing it's, uh, it makes me feel I wish I had something like that I, I have a very local uh, unfortunately American background and a suburban background and <laughs> it just seems so tame compared to what you well, got to experience growing up uh, in Zambia, I, I, I definitely I feel blessed to have had yeah. that kind of background. Um, I'm not really sure I made the most of it because well, you're you know, a kid. I, I, I don't know you, exactly. You're a kid. Yeah. You don't really see the long-term things, or, yeah. or, or more specifically, I don't think you have anything to relate to. This is just your life, and sure. all your friends have the same life, and you don't think anything is particularly different. But now about that you're it. an adult, you can reflect now, back on that. Yeah, and, and I can really think that was a fantastic yeah. upbringing. Yeah. Um, and similarly, but I, you know, I, I see many parallels in Japan. Some of the, some of the things which were lacking in UK mm -hmm. that I had in Africa, mm -hmm. Zambia specifically, um, I see them here as well mm -hmm. in Japan, and I see these as good things. So, Wait, uh, what, what, specifically, what are you talking about? Little things like, for example, kids can go out and play without oh, right. worrying yeah, yeah, about yeah. Yeah. whatever you know. And I, I don't mean being PC and or. I, I, think, I haven't been know, in, the, in the States very long for mm -hmm. about 15 years now. And I, I uh -huh. hear that most kids don't really get out and play. Again, I, I'm just yeah. speaking to what I hear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. Uh, when I grew up, kids did tend to roam. They'd get on mm. their bikes and, you, sure, you know, you'd sure, ride sure. for all day. You'd just be out yeah. riding your bike around yeah. and exploring things. And yeah, yeah. I hear that doesn't happen very much anymore. Um, and I guess to a large extent, but perhaps not as 
bad in inverted commas as the states that mm-hmm. that's the situation in UK um, okay. parents in fact i think there are legal stipulations now that you know you can't even leave your kid alone if they're under 12 or something like that wow. whereas whereas in japan i mean literally from elementary school age kids are walking to school by themselves if they're within mm-hmm. whatever the catchment areas for walking. I so mean, freedom, uh, more freedom is what you're, you're talking about here. I think it's freedom. I think it's also the fact that uh, culturally it's so much safer here that mm-hmm. people don't, I'm, nobody can say that bad stuff doesn't happen. Of course it does everywhere. Yeah. But the chances of it happening are such so remote mm-hmm. that it's not something that seems to be legislated against or for. So yeah. um, in that sense... You know, Japan has taught me so much about freedoms in 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 that sense. I think you know, learning yeah. learning what is decent and right. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I mean, uh, my my first experience of coming to Japan was after working um, for a Japanese company, a well-known Japanese company in Britain, in UK, yeah, mm-hmm. in London. Okay. And I'd worked there for six years, and they sent me to Japan on a, for an international conference. So you're not one of these people that was like, they call them Japanophiles. You were interested in Japan to begin with, and you decided to come. You were sent here through your company. Uh, yeah, I, I joined a Japanese company almost by accident, uh, almost through folly or ignorance. I'd, I'd studied oh. Mandarin Chinese at my last year at school. Wow. Um, and that was basically because there was one teacher at the school that I desperately wanted to be taught by. He was really the most interesting, charismatic uh, teacher, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. And the, I'd not had that chance in the first four years, so in the fifth year, mm-hmm. sort of British schools are possibly a little different year structure to sure. what you're used to. But anyway, so in the final year, the only way that I could guarantee to have him as a teacher was to study one of the option courses that he taught, which was Mandarin Chinese. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I did that far and away the most interesting lessons I had in my entire time there. Have you stuck um, with any of that at all? Have you, you no, no. I, I mean, it didn't. I, I was there for him, for him as the teacher, because okay. I just wanted to... You had to a man enjoy, crush. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't even that. It was, <laughs> you know, that was when I discovered from both the teaching and studying point of view mm-hmm. how much more you learn when it's interesting, when sure. you have an interesting teacher. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I, I, I'm not trying to knock any of the other teachers I've had in, in any other subject. Well, certain but teachers called you and, and you, you thought, this guy's interesting, I want to yeah, hear what he's absolutely. got to say. And, yeah, absolutely. And, and he was the kind of guy who we could go off on a red herring. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you understand red herring, herrings yeah, as Americans? Yeah, okay, yeah. yeah. Well, I studied philosophy, so okay. <laughs> it's one of the fallacies. <laughs> so we would, we would constantly be throwing in red herrings just because as schoolboys you don't really want to be studying textbooks or something mm-hmm, like that. Mm-hmm. And he was always, he would just take them and run with them mm-hmm. in the most fascinating way. So I, I really learned so much more from him in that one year than I did from any other teachers in that time. So, but I came away with this concept because literally I knew not a single Japanese person at that stage. Mm-hmm. And having learned Chinese in that very limited format, sort of four hours a week sort of thing, mm-hmm. um, I knew that there was a relationship between Chinese kanji and the Japanese kanji. And then I got to London and there was a job opening. So I, I, I get to London and there's a, an opening for a job which requires speaking Japanese. Mm-hmm. And not having, literally, I, I knew one Japanese person at that point in my life. Wow. In, in London. And 
I thought there can't be that many Japanese people here. You know, 18 years old. I think I thought I'll I'll wing it. Well, I'll go in and pretend. <laughs> you know, and so I was a bit flummoxed to be interviewed by a Japanese person. And oh, you oh. don't. It says on the application form we're looking for a Japanese speaker, but you don't seem to speak Japanese. Oh no, I said sorry. I uh, I misunderstood. I thought you said Chinese. <laughs> anyway, for whatever reason they liked me, they gave me a different job to the one they were offering. That's interesting. And uh, you, you and got I, lucky and there. I end- <laughs> I ended up, yeah. I ended up working there for 13 years or so. Wow. Um, so yeah, you know, it had all its ups and downs and everything. But that was yeah, that was my introduction to life on the Japanese side of the equation. Well, our food has arrived. Do you want to eat and then we'll come back to this, or do you want to just keep going? Or you want to? Um, you, you look hungry, so I, I am think, a hungry boy. So I think we can uh, yeah take an interruption. Let's, let's, and let's, let's adjourn for a okay. bit. All right. All right, we're back, and I'm I'm still eating. But um, Tony's not eating. <laughs> no, right. I'm good. I'm good. So, so as I eat, I'll try not to make too many eating noises. Okay. We're going to continue this interview. Um, you've been in Japan 20 years, right? If I'm not mistaken. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. That's a long time. It's a long time. Can you? How? <laughs> how did it so much. How did, how did it? You said you came over here through a company. So, well, my first experience of Japan was um, uh, coming out on one of these international conferences for the company I was working with. Mm -hmm. Uh, But at that stage, I already had quite a good network of friends and colleagues in Japan um, because in London, um, uh, at that stage, I think three, maybe four years earlier, I'd bought my own apartment. Uh, and to help pay the rent, I'd been renting out a room to Japanese people, j- to Japanese trainees from the same company. Okay. So you know they were coming over for anything from three months to a year, and effectively paying my mortgage for me. Thank you very much, guys. Um, <laughs> and so when I came to Japan that first time, mm-hmm. a I had this huge network of people. That many who, people stayed in your apartment. Well, I mean. Over the course of three, before I came here, I think I must have had at least five lodges mm-hmm. f- for the longest, I think two or three of them stayed for at least a year, uh-huh. and the others were portions thereof, sort of thing. How many people are we talking about then? Five uh, individuals who helped uh, you out who, once who, you got to Japan? Who had, who, yeah, but plus other people that I knew who'd you know, been, been in Japan working, managers, what have you, who'd been sent back to Japan, etc. Mm-hmm. Um, and just people that I've met through work who are in Japan. Anyway, so, so, so from were, not even really knowing that... From, from not knowing really anything about any Japan. Or <laughs> you acquired a network of friends, yeah. and you ended up coming over here for yeah. a conference. So I came over for... It was an uh, in-company conference, which basically lasted like five days. Where was uh, this conference at? In Tokyo? So basically Tokyo. And then you traveled uh, around maybe like Kyoto... Uh, the, well, the the actual conference element included some sightseeing trips to get mm-hmm. a sense. Of, it, it was actually for a travel company. Uh, okay. Can I name the travel company? Okay. A bit. As long as you're not gonna get us in a libel suit. <laughs> no, no. It's, libel it, is no it, fun. Like, no, no, no. It's fine. <laughs> They're horrible. It's the worst <laughs> company ever. <laughs> no, no, no. The, the company was JTB, and, and they were quite yeah, okay. good to me. So. Of course um, they were. You can't say anything else well, otherwise, no, I, right? Well I, well, I could and I would, and, and you probably hear that later The NDA on, anyway. that you signed when you left the company. The com- no, no, no. no. They, they were a great company. Le- leaving the company was purely for my selfish reasons, not really okay. uh, related to any issues that I 
had <coughs> with them or anyone else. Anyway, so I came to Japan the first time, had just this most extremely fantastic um, experience, as you can probably imagine, because as a Brit coming, Brits are what year was this? To, to, to what to to what extent you understand Brits, I'm not sure, but Brits in their own island can <coughs> be very very self-centered and dismissive of tourists and things, mm-hmm. unless they happen to be in the industry and they know that they depend on tourism. But otherwise, they can be very mm-hmm. off. Really? Well, they certainly used to be. I think things have possibly changed in that 20 years. I haven't been there. We've been away a while, haven't yeah. we? But Certainly, I grew up sort of being quite dismissive of foreigners or, okay. or visitors or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and I came well, even to now, Japan. I think, I think um, Britain is debating whether or not to get out of the to European get, well, Union because of foreigners you, coming there in. There you go, there you go, there you right? go. So, so in, in some sense, maybe it hasn't changed that much okay. or not enough or mm-hmm. whatever. But I come to Japan and I'm just, I was like treated, it felt like being <clears throat> treated like royalty. Or motenashi, I believe it they, was, it's called. Yeah, just yeah. fantastic. Was this back in like pre-bubble era? The, well, my first trip was 1989. Okay. So, yeah, back then, and just everybody bent over backwards to look after me. Mm-hmm. And in fact, in those extra five days that we were here, mm-hmm. I say we because actually my then wife came over and joined me for the last week. So there was an overlap when I was supposed to be working, but she was here. But my friend said, "No problem, she can come stay with us." Your then her. wife, not your current wife. Not my current wife. I yes, see. Okay. Yes. Yes. That, right. Don't worry, it's not an issue. Okay. <laughs> um, so you know, she'd come over. She as was well. a Brit. She was British. Yeah. And um, yeah, just we we were treated like royalty. It was, it was unbelievable. Yeah, in the 80s, I think. And it actually it complete it. That for me was a life changing experience when I realised how much pleasure you can get mm-hmm. as a foreigner to be looked after like that and shown the intricacies that you would never get to see if you just t- came in off the boat without any, without n- you know, just blindly stumbling your way around Japan. You'd never get to see or do the things that we did. Mm-hmm. So from that point on, any time that I knew a friend was coming to UK mm-hmm. or even a friend of a friend, you know, on a recommendation basis, I would take a day off work, pick them up at the airport, Mm-hmm. You know, make sure they're checked in at the hotel, give them a day's sightseeing, something like that. Reverse to make it, yeah, hospitality. Something to pay back. Something to pay back. You know, it, was, it was like, I felt that I'd been the recipient to pay something forward, and now it was my turn to sort of like mm-hmm. go that I imagine you made a lot of friends doing this. I don't know, made a lot of friends, but... Um, you certainly friend, have a lot of friends now. You're were, known were for your friendships with huge deepened. network of friends. Yeah. Well, You're the most social know. guy I know. Really? I think so. Just you know, based on like you know Facebook interactions, uh, I would it, say you have a wide I think network. You, I think Your possibly, Dunbar number you, is you pushing poss- 300, <laughs> 400, 500. Well, the the, the Facebook Facebook numbers are um, exaggerated, Inflated. perhaps by um, people wanting to join the IAK and yeah, yeah, yeah. Your involvement but, with that as well. But you know, so that's. Can we talk about that babies. in this yeah, interview? Yeah, sure, 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 sure. sure. No We're kind of jumping to a different subject, but yeah, if you yeah. wouldn't mind, you could you could give a little uh, shout out to your organization and talk about what you do. And um, okay, well, in a, in a nutshell, it sort of started I don't know probably five five years ago or so. Mm-hmm. When I mean we we'd been in Karuiza three years at that stage, uh-huh. and I think I was still struggling to meet people, you know, socially, foreigners, that, that or, foreigners or, or, or in some sense foreigners, but more importantly for me, just people that I could communicate with, because despite mm-hmm. being here 20 years, my Japanese is really 
worse than mediocre. I mean, it really is. People say that to be humble, no, but no, I mean, no, give no, me no, an no. idea of your end end uh, level. Well, no, my I basically I've never studied, and all of my work since I've been here has been mm-hmm. in the English language. So sure. That's pretty you, common among you, foreigners in Japan, I would you, say. You pick up a certain amount because you have to, but I've never pushed it and never gone beyond that. And so you have like a conversational grasp of the language? Uh, probably not even conversation. I, I know just enough to either get myself into trouble or get myself out of trouble. I'm not sure which is that stronger. That in itself, I think, yeah. would make an interesting uh, topic of discussion. But we can get back to that. Anyway, yeah. you, the, so the, what's it called? The I, IAK, the IAK, International Association of Karizawa. The International so, Association of Karizawa. So I was approached by um, Mr. Yamamoto, who is the chairman of, mm-hmm. of the group. Uh, at, at the founding stage, he was just looking for people who he thought might follow a certain vision. And the vision as propounded at the outset certainly interested me, although for the most part I was always focused on, keenest on the social aspects of it. You wanted to um, make friends and influence people. I, I originally proposed that we should call it the Friendship Association of Kadurizawa or mm-hmm. something along those lines. But anyway, I was, I was outvoted and I'm, I'm one for democracy, so we go with the flirt. Blah, blah, blah. How many people are we talking about when you joined? Well, the in, I, I guess the founding members were only about 15 people and then we put uh-huh. out a call for you know was it mostly japanese or, or a good mix um i think at, originally we probably had maybe three or four foreigners the rest were japanese are you currently the president no 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 I, in fact i'm not even on the board of directors at the moment. i've literally just stepped down off it okay um, so you were on the board I, no, of directors. No, 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 no okay you're jumping ahead. Okay. I'm making assumptions. <laughs> I'm not currently on the board of directors. My assumption is that you were on the board of directors. Well, I was, but board of directors. Um, board of directors. Is, okay, okay going, going back a little bit. Um, it started out with uh, a view to... It had many different ideas that we were going to be doing this, 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 and this. I mean, uh, town planning, business meetings, uh-huh. um, uh, environmental studies. Wow. Blah, blah, blah. Broad, broad and, vision. And there was a social aspect. So we had sort of, I think, five different um, elements, groups, whatever you want to call it. Subcommittees or whatever? It, it, well, there weren't really committees, but concepts. And yeah. then yeah. each of these had a kind of nominal head. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I guess by default I was the nominal head of the social things. Mm-hmm. Um and you know, I, I sort of kind of put myself into it and got things going. And with the help of a lot of people, uh, we've built up some sort of regularity to it. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, events and meetings and what have you. Um, and I think it has helped to gel the current uh, populace of foreigners to a large extent. I mean, there are always people who are like, oh, I'm really not interested in that sort of blah blah blah. Hocum pocum, fine. You know, it's 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 entirely voluntary thing. It's like an um, in, an international club these days, is it not? Yes, it is yeah. basically. Yeah. Um, and to a certain extent, most of the other chat, uh, other sections of the uh, IAK, what little goes on in them is just within the directors' 
you know, grinding through meetings with the town office or what have you. Mm-hmm. Um, most of the uh, membership involvement is on the social side, uh, probably for obvious reasons. Mm-hmm. So, t- to me, to a large extent, it feels as though the social side has thrived and the other sides have um, waned somewhat. Um, but they still exist, and they still, you know, do the best to do certain research and put out reports and blah blah blah. And you're um, still a member. Yeah. Oh, certainly a member. Yeah. yeah. Uh, as uh, I think. Um, yeah, I, I don't need to go into the nitty-gritty of the politics of the group or anything like that. But is it pretty uh, crazy? You guys get a lot no, of no, wild it's, it's, debates it's, going. No, 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 nothing like that. But I mean, there there seems to be almost two elements. There's the Facebook element. The there's the Facebook element of the group. Okay. Who, who are fairly hands-on and proactive and always doing things. That's all and I've then, seen. I, I, yeah, and, I met you through Facebook, yeah, and yeah. I see the pictures, and it looks like you guys are having a lot of fun. Well, we try our best. Yeah, the speakeasy <laughs> looks. I wish I could join. It's yeah, just you know having yeah. kids and being an hour away. Mm-hmm. It'd be impossible. We don't have. There's no train yeah, yeah, where I, I live. Got you. Trains, man. Yeah, yeah. They make it all happen, don't yeah. they? Or just living where the action is happening. You should move here. It's much easier. <laughs> I would love. Well, it's not cheap. The ta- uh, the taxes, I believe, are a little bit higher, and you know, I got a house and a farm and all that stuff. You, you're, you're covered, and you don't <clears> want to <throat> dig a big hole for yourself by taking out more giants than that. I'm but a poor, actually, poor farmer. Let me, I'm a let, peasant. Okay, let, let, <laughs> let, let, me just, let me just knock one thing on the head. Um, you said it's not cheap and taxes are high. That applies in certain conditions. In other yeah. words, if you treat Kaluizawa as a Bessel home, right. then it's expensive because sure, there are various sure, sure, sure. Um, stipulations that the town office, I think, rightly puts on because they you know they want to keep this, what is special about Kaluizawa special. So... There are, um, if you wanted to buy a second home here, you have to buy a land of a certain size and you can only build a house of a certain size and you get hit quite hard for taxes because you've got big land and blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you live here, mm-hmm. it's a completely different ball game. Okay. You, yeah. you can live in general residential areas where you still have actually quite large plots of land but not necessarily as large as they need to be to be termed a vessel. Yeah. Um, you don't get hit with that hefty Bessel tax. Okay. Um, so there's a fact, separate and in fact, second home tax, basically. It, I, I think that's effect- I'm, I'm not, effectively what it is. I'm not an expert on that but thing because the rich my, my, guys my, my, my wife handles all, all the finances effectively in that, in that regard. Anything yeah. to do with you know, Japanese forms and things. Yeah. But I think God the reality her. is that something like 70% of the town's income is from those comes people. from... The Bessel tax, or, okay. or the, the tax is paid by people who own Bessel properties, I should say, rather than a Bessel tax. We should just make and a language note, just in case anybody listening doesn't ah, know yes, what a Bessel okay. is. Be- Bessel is, is a second, second home. home. Yeah. 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 So, in other words, not their registered full, full-time full address. Yeah. We yeah. should also say that, if you don't know about Karizawa, it's a cool place that people like to come uh, during the hot, sultry summer months in Tokyo mm-hmm. to get away mm-hmm. from that heat. Exactly. Which exactly. is how the second home... Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's not a, a business, I wouldn't say, but how <laughs> the town itself has kind of developed uh, along those mm-hmm. lines of like a, mm-hmm. a place where people yeah. set up a second it, home. Well, historically, it's always had this notion that um, Karuizawa is great in summer yeah. and then ignored yeah. the rest of the, the, the year. Mm-hmm. But actually, as, a, as now as a resident, and this wasn't something I appreciated when I used to visit here mm-hmm. on, on holidays or breaks and things, um, as a resident now, 
summer is the worst time for me because of all those damn tourists. Yeah, <laughs> so um, getting you know, around you, in your you car, get everything's you get all a certain backed amount of up, gri- the traffic. Get, yeah, there's a certain amount of gridlock and, you know, things could be streamlined in terms of getting the traffic flowing. Some of the worst of traffic in Japan, I w- not, not the worst, but... Mm. I, I would say that this is probably a hot spot it, it, it's, for it's not great when in, traffic in the jams. peak periods. However, yeah. that said, it, again, if you live here, you can get everywhere on, on a bicycle. bicycle. Yeah. And that is one of the most pleasant things possible. Yeah. There's n- in fact, yeah. the amount of pleasure you can get is amplified by being on your bike and zooming past all these stationary cars. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> you just smile and grin and enjoy your stay, you know. It's relatively yeah. flat too. It's a plateau um, and uh, within yes, within the confines of the town. Uh, I mean, look around and you can see hills everywhere. Surrounding um, for the most yeah. part. Well, the, there's the, the hill over there where Bill Gates built his whatever it is, his yeah, yeah. Uh, su- top that, secret super mansion. Well, well the, the the current theory is that that's actually a data center rather than a. See, I heard it was an, an art gallery well that there, was the initial there rumor been so many things floated that and and to be honest i don't think anyone bar yeah. the owners and the builders know exactly what's going it's on it's top secret um, bill gates might not even know <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and, and and i don't worry about it too much he's got his what, fingers whatever, in a lot of pies what, what, whatever <laughs> you know um, I, I when I, I was working in mm. karizawa as you may recall yes i was teaching the, it just the on the edge school. of town yeah the the west West School Elementary mm-hmm. School there, and uh, the principal that I worked with was like, you know, Bill Gates is building a second home up the hill there, and uh, you should go check it out. And I was like, mm-hmm. okay. So I get in my car one day after school, mm-hmm. and it was still during the construction phase. Yeah. Uh, and it's a beautiful area. Uh, it reminds me of like the Western Hills in Portland, where people uh, have second, okay, mm-hmm. well, first or second homes, yeah. but just a really nice area, ri- you know, very yeah, rich yeah. and yeah. lush area, lots of green mm-hmm. and, and you know, big. Big houses on hills, mm-hmm. and I'm driving through there, thinking, "Oh, how much I'd love to live here." And I get to his uh, location, and there were guards out there, and they yeah. told me, yeah. "You gotta keep you, moving you on, stop. buddy." And yeah. I, I was yeah. like, "Can I just snap off a picture of the? G-? You can't really see anything yeah, other than what right. looks like a huge gymnasium mm-hmm. type of thing." Mm-hmm. And they were like, "No, <laughs> you need to get out of here." Yeah. So I was like, "All right, all right," and I just uh-huh. I drove away. Of course, I snapped off pictures as I was <laughs> driving away, but. Top yeah. secret, so we don't know. I guess data center, yeah. art museum, well, second, yeah. third, fourth, uh, fifth, sixth home. It could be all of those things. It could be a, a data center on top of which is a, I like to think it's museum. his orgy and, complex and that then, he hosts orgies uh, there. I, th- I think we've got a libel in the <laughs> <issue> straight away. <laughs> there, I said I'd like to think. Okay, I have okay. no evidence okay. that this okay. is the truth, but yeah. I'd like to think that he hosts raging parties there for all. Yeah. <laughs> All the um, foreigners to come that, that get the groove on. explain the guards. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. No pictures, sir. We're having an orgy. <laughs> orgy in session. No photos. No, but uh, it's a beautiful place. And if I could yeah. live here, I think yeah. I, I would. Yeah. But yeah. Um, so, so get, getting back to the the, um, the popular conception of uh, a, a image of Karuizawa as being very expensive. Yes, if you treat it as your second home, mm-hmm. it's basically restricted to wealthy people. But if you choose to move here, yeah. not at all. Mm-hmm. You can live here extremely frugally. There are substantive parts of the town where land prices are a fraction of what you would pay in Tokyo or Yokohama, oh, sure, for example. Sure. I mean, yeah, just, yeah, yeah. just a tiny fraction. Yeah. Um, I mean, we, we actually built a house um, on a fairly substantial plot of land uh, for way less than I thought was possible in Japan. Huh. Um, 
So, yeah, I mean... Well, it's not the Ginza. We are in the countryside, and so, yeah, I think it, it, it prices must be reasonable. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Um, well, have you, yeah, if you... When you say the Ginza, you're talking Karuizawa Ginza or Tokyo no, Ginza? I was talking yeah. about... The, the Tokyo the, the Ginza. 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 Tokyo Ginza, yeah. <laughs> and, and, and I ask because, actually, my understanding is that in its absolute peak, mm-hmm. prices in the Ginza of Karuizawa were more... Were higher. Were, were higher than Ginza Tokyo in Jeez. the peak. Wow. In the peak. Now what, they've tailed that off substantially. The peak would be the, the development pe- the area peak, in the like peak the peak was I think 80s, maybe 90s? early nineties or something like okay. that. Yeah. yeah. Um, now they've tailed off substantially, but still, if you look at the average um, cost per subo uh, or per su- uh, square meter yeah. uh, in Kyukaru compared to say Nakakaru, mm-hmm. it'll be maybe three times more in Kyukaru. And then if you go further out uh, mm-hmm. again to mm-hmm. Oiwake or something, it's again... Out there, it's basically it's, like it's the next town over almost. Yes, yeah, it's, yes, yeah, it's yes. farmland. Yeah. And that's a nice so, place. That's, that's yeah. out where I was teaching. Yeah, so, I mean, actually, you can you can find a very affordable place. Mm. And as long as you don't mind a little bit of a commute for your shopping and school or something like that, you're good. You, I think what, very what, nice what draws me mm-hmm. to a place like this, if I could live here, I would, that, that idea is mm-hmm. that... I wouldn't have to farm. <laughs> there's mm-hmm. no, there's no rice field. You know, you're mm-hmm. not carrying the burden of the land, mm-hmm. which is you know, the peasants of Japan. You know, the whole Atotori concept of um, the the son, the firstborn mm-hmm. son, will inherit the land and farm yeah. the land yeah. and continue mm-hmm. taking care of the land through the generations. Mm-hmm. I'm kind of trapped inside ah, of so that uh, myself. Uh, am I to assume that your wife doesn't have any brothers then? No, she doesn't. Okay, and. Um, uh, I didn't really fully understand the system before I got married. Bless. And even if I think she had tried to explain it to me, I don't think I would have fully understood it. The uh-huh. pressures, the social uh-huh. uh, expectations. Expectations, yeah. yeah. Um, but thankfully, I have a son, so I can just throw that on him, give him that, strap that backpack on him, and see how he <laughs> debunk handles it. <laughs> Someday, hopefully, maybe when he turns 18, just like uh-huh. kick him on the butt and say, "Here you go, farm's yours." <laughs> but um, it's a it's a different living out here. I think everything would be different. Um, the way people, Japanese people, interact with each other mm-hmm. here in this town is different mm-hmm. than the local sort of ethos in my town, mm-hmm. which throughout history has been the land and the resources mm-hmm. and water management, mm-hmm. and so and the local fire department is uh, almost militaristic. Uh, what else? Just, you know, you get up early. Uh, any day that's not raining, you're farming. Mm-hmm. And uh, Saturday, like just, for example, today, I came out here to, to interview mm-hmm. you. And it's, uh, I feel bad as a father that I'm leaving my kids behind. Three kids with my wife. She's got to look after three kids so I come out here to interview. Mm-hmm. But even more than that, there's that. The aunt who lives next door, and uh, her, my wife's mother and father, and and in particular the great grandmother, who expect that on Saturdays and Sundays, when I don't have to go into work, mm-hmm. I'll put on my overalls and my white gloves and get out there and start cutting grass. Or mm-hmm. uh, there's a lot of grass cutting that yeah. goes on in Tatsushima. I'm I'm wondering how you actually managed to ever go hiking. <laughs> it's really hard. Last year I got out I think twice. And really? I felt guilty about it. Wow. Okay. Twice, three times maybe. Um, okay. 
it's just most most of the times I see pictures of you on Facebook. I gotta say, to I, you're my, out there hiking. My wife Maybe just making the most of it. Uh, they're all faked. <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually farming, and I just uh, I'm really good at Photoshop. No, actually, uh, I have a wife that that I, I must say that has been really supportive of me being the sort of ignoramus. I came in. I, I'm the foreigner who is kind of mm-hmm. locked into. She feels bad. I'm sure that that uh, uh, she knows that I relish my freedom and I I have hobbies and things that I want to do and Mm -hmm. she supports me uh, to the the greatest extent that she can. Mm -hmm. And so I never really hear her say, you got to go cut grass today, but it's the elders that are like, Mm. that grass is getting longer, boy, you know, and I feel (laughs) really uh, (laughs) obligated to get out there and cut grass. Mm -hmm. But the people that live out here in Karizawa, they're mostly... um, people that have moved here from di- from different areas in Japan I, or I, from outside sure, of Japan. I'm not sure what the proportion would be, in, in, yeah. in certainly in local terms. It'd be interesting um, to see the numbers, like how, what percentage yeah, of the people uh, that uh, live uh, here uh, were born here. Third generation or more, yeah. yeah. Not a lot, um, I wouldn't think. Hmm, interesting. I, I, would, I would think that maybe mm. half of the current population, uh-huh. which... Actually, is only twenty thousand people. That's uh-huh. the full-time uh-huh. year in, year out population. Probably half of those are first generation in Kanazawa. Yeah. Yeah. And then, uh, just saying that presupposes this these sort of tsunamis of tourists coming in each season that bring well, okay. in well, internationalization I, my, and all my, that. My figures are, are not hot, hot off the press, but my understanding is that um, the resident population is about. 20,000 people. Uh-huh. The total number of properties owned by uh, Bessel Properties, uh, if occupied, would push that up to 200,000. <laughs> in other words, only one in ten yeah. of the properties here are occupied full-time. By yeah. local residents. Yeah. By uh, full-time. Yeah. There's a lot of empty homes. If yeah. anybody, any exactly. raccoons in the area <laughs> exactly. who are looking for a place exactly. to stay. Um, <laughs> however, the most astonishing figure I heard was the number of visitors to Karuizawa in a year, 8 million. Yeah, it's ridiculous. 8 million people. I mean, the mall draws in a lot of uh, people who just want to get out. They want to do shopping in a slightly cooler environment. You've got the bullet train that Mm -hmm. blows in here. It's very convenient. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. And so I feel, when when I come here, I feel like I'm breathing in different air than I do when I'm back in my hometown in Tateshina. I mm-hmm. feel like the way people think, the way people talk, the way people interact, the kinds of businesses that are here, yeah. mm-hmm. everything, mm-hmm. totally different. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I know next to nothing about Tateshina. To me, I've yeah. driven through a couple Rice of times. Fields. It looks like, yeah, fa- Rice farmland with a, with, a with, a, with, a, with a few snow slopes, or, uh, ski slopes. And not even great ones, but yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. 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 Okay. Um, and any idea what the population is for yeah, Tashima? Yeah, yeah, When I first came to to live there, to stay well, I was, as a English teacher, mm-hmm. when I sister city friendship ambassador yeah. uh-huh. uh, in, in two thousand one, the population was I want to say thirteen thousand. Okay. But now it's between seven and eight thousand. Good grief! Yeah, it's oh. it's oh. there's actual discussions of like extinction mm-hmm. in my wow. town because um, I mean 
your options if you're going to stay in Tateshina, mm-hmm. uh, it used to kind of have that flavor of uh, a tourist town because mm-hmm. there's the lakes up on there's a mountain yeah and you drive up mm-hmm. uh, and uh, at the base of the mountains there's a couple lakes there mm. uh, that have various uh, tourist attractions hotels and things like that and there's a very old uh, amusement park I forget the name of it but mm-hmm. it, it almost looks abandoned it's not mm-hmm. it's still yeah. during the season it still Open. functions mm-hmm. but we don't really have the tourist draw Mm-hmm. that we used to mm-hmm. and so that was the leading industry and now we've got a couple factories but those factories are mostly run well they're run by Japanese but mm-hmm. the people that work in them are primarily um, immigrant labor oh really yeah so there's, there's you mean uh, Filipino uh, Indonesian Philippi- uh-huh. Filipinos um, Brazilians maybe Chinese well mm-hmm. Brazilians I've found are mostly in Ueda but mm-hmm. um so the people who live in Tateshina, mm-hmm. I think, tend to work in surrounding metropolitan areas like mm-hmm. Sock City and Ueda. There's a lot of that. Mm-hmm. I, I think there's may even be a few people that uh, commute to Tokyo to work. I mean, that's, oh, that's a that maybe they stay in Tokyo during the week and okay. come back. The sort mm-hmm. of Tanshin Funin mentality. Mm-hmm. I don't know, but um, farming doesn't really pay the bills. Most people are weekend farmers who who farm, but mm-hmm. that's still there, and so mm-hmm. the burden. To, if you're going to live there, to be a farmer is great. Actually, I'm a bit astonished to hear that. Farming doesn't pay the bills, really. It would pay the bills. I have six rice fields, okay. which is more than yeah. the average Japanese person. <laughs> yeah, by about six, I think. <laughs> by about five. <laughs> right? In okay. the countryside, yeah, yeah, yeah. most okay. people have, most families have one tambo, yeah. which supports uh-huh. their annual rice consumption. Okay. I like the demographic. Is, okay, is okay. changing as people. So tend these to are not really farmers. This is self-sufficiency, basically. Then for they're, rice, they're, not yeah, for not yeah. for everything else. Yeah. So yeah. they're they're just growing enough rice for themselves, not for sale. Well, I'm sure that this demographic has been changing as mm-hmm. people opt not to continue farming. There's mm-hmm. most of the. I mean, as you've probably no doubt heard, most of the farmers in Japan are like. 60s, 70s, mm-hmm. 80s, you know, mm-hmm. those those kinds of people and, and the younger generations don't want to get strapped with that burden. Mm-hmm. We have six rice fields. Mm-hmm. I asked my father-in-law, um, how much money do you think we make off this? And Because we sell mm-hmm. surplus yeah. to yeah. families that mm-hmm. we have connections with. Yeah. And he said 10K. Now, I, I have to wonder if that might be slightly inflated. He also runs a business selling farming machinery so mm-hmm. we have every kind of farming equipment you can imagine mm. the combines yeah. um, so you can the, do everything the, yeah the no, huge no dryer yeah, yeah. Um, you name it the planters we have mm-hmm. all kinds of those mm-hmm. machines mm-hmm. those amazing machines as planters we have all of those things and um, so those inputs I'm not sure if he has uh, factored those into the mm-hmm. our profit but um, even with six fields relatively you know decent sized fields oh and the best of possible estimates, I think, would be we, we turn about 10K a year. And the labor input mm-hmm. is ridiculous. It's, mm. it's not, not easy at all, mm-hmm. um, even with machinery. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of work to be done. Mm-hmm. So I don't want to do well, it. Yeah. I, if I could, I'd get out of that. So, I mean, does that mean you'd perhaps be better off if you were to do farming to have a different crop? Or, I mean, I we've just... Uh, yesterday, day before? Maybe, what are we in now? Mon- What's the day today? Saturday. 
Yeah, yesterday we went down to Mount Fuji to see my son. And yesterday would have been a Friday, so. Yeah. Yeah, yesterday we went. <laughs> you don't work, do you? Um, I didn't yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I d- or at least if I work, I work for myself. Hello. Hello. <laughs> Sorry. Jeff, this is my mum, Joe. Oh, wow. And nice to meet you. Peter. Yeah. Peter, nice to meet you. How was your concert, dare I ask? Should we, we can, take a, let's we take can, a break? We can edit, edit this out, can't we? Yeah. Yeah. Cool. All right. Well, um, okay. we are back now with a, a captive audience. Your... Um, my mother and stepfather. Stepfather. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so obviously, uh, we have to keep it clean now. No more of that <laughs> bad language we were using earlier. Uh, actually, it was it's pretty, pretty clean so far. <laughs> but the question is, mm. raising kids in Japan. Okay. Mixed heritage children, which mm-hmm. I believe are referred to as hafus or whatnot here, mm-hmm. a term that some people don't like. Mm-hmm. I, I don't really care. To mm-hmm. be, I mean, it doesn't seem derogatory yet. Yeah. But um, how has that been, that experience of, of raising mixed heritage children in Japan, how has that been for you? Um, mm, so when we moved to Japan, I think because I had really no bilingual experience prior to coming to Japan, uh-huh. in my own mind, I had this notion that Japanese being the more difficult language, we'd need to mm-hmm. have any kids that we had, you know, at that stage when we came here, we didn't have any kids. My notion was that we would need to put them through um, elementary school in Japan and then perhaps either move back to UK or send them to school, you know, international school or something like that to brush up on their English. So that, that was your original that, well sort that, of... That was what I originally thought would probably be the best way to get fully bilingual kids. But uh-huh. for various reasons... Have you lost something? Are you <laughs> okay. Yeah, I'm dropping things all over. Okay. Continue. Yeah, but for various reasons. Um, not just the fact that life moves on without really taking any prisoners. Um, that, that sort of notion never really came into play. We, you know, we ended up fortuitously I suppose being able to get our kids into uh, Hoikuen from the age of two. I say fortuitously because for a lot of working mothers or wannabe working mothers it's still difficult to get their kids into Hoikuen so they end up hmm. literally being trapped in the house until the, ki- the kids go to elementary school mm-hmm. whereupon it may be difficult to kick start their How old are your again. children now? If, if I may. Uh, now the eldest is 19, the youngest is uh, 19 or 18? Think, think, think. Something like that anyway. Okay. And, 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 the, and the youngest is two years younger. So he'll be uh, 16 or 17. So you got one in high school and one who's graduated what, from high school? One is just started university, one is okay. sec- second year of high school. Uh, boy, girl? Bo- both boys. Both boys, yeah. okay. Yeah. Your eldest, uh, well, actually, uh, this applies to both. Mm. Did, they, did they both go through? the Japanese educational system Complete, K through 12 com- completely completely in the Japanese system okay how is um, their English uh, it depends what metric you use to measure it Conversation. Rel- relative relative to their peers at school mm-hmm. they're effectively the top of their class obviously no, oh, no wow, great okay. surprise oh, you mean there. their Japanese peers yeah yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, if you were to put them in England they'd probably struggle a little bit natural uh, especially in terms yeah. of reading I think conversationally they're okay, um, and certainly they've they've got enough nonce to be able to say, you know, if they don't understand something, sorry, what does that mean, sort of thing, sure. and, and yeah. you know, 
and fudge around whatever the answer is. So, so they're certainly conversational and communication capable. Did you take any um, special approach to their English education other no, than talking to them and maybe reading with no, them a little and bit? In, and in fact, this is something I, I occasionally get some grief from my wife for. I should really? be more proactive in terms of teaching them English and blah, blah, blah. Okay. Um, but they're, but they're, they're, they're conversationally but, well, fluent. Co- conversationally, they're they fluent. They can read, but they, yeah, when they read, read, they probably choose, like novels and things like that, they probably choose to read it in oh, Japanese. For, for relaxation purposes, everything is Japanese. I yeah, mean, yeah. for example... It's their mother they, tongue. They, they, they've got Literally. Uh, computers, but all of their software is set up in Japanese. Yeah, they grew up in Japan. Um, even though, you know, any time they want me to fix their computer or sort out a problem, they have to convert it back to English and then I sort of how and then it goes back to Japanese again. <laughs> <laughs> or something like that. But um, but you have no trouble communicating them w- with them in English, right? That's, no, that's your no language trouble. when you communicate when, with them, When right? I speak to them, it's in English and uh, generally speaking, they do me the courtesy of replying in English unless, <laughs> unless they don't want me to know what they're saying. <laughs> Um, no, 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 they're good. Uh, actually, when they call you a bastard, it's in in, in Japanese. But uh, when they say yes, it's in, uh, yes, father, yes, it's in English. They're actually <laughs> way too polite for that. But uh, <laughs> that's good. Well, that that's the one thing they haven't picked up from me. Uh, anyway, you're growing up in Japan, they have to be polite. That's people here. Are, I, I find are in uh, general just much the, more polite than part, yes, where yes, I come from. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes. My yes. next question is: mm. um, Are they visibly? Uh, mixed heritage when you look at them would you, uh, do people no, think that, oh they're Japanese no, or do they look like that's, foreign that's or? a very intriguing question because uh, for example my eldest son mm-hmm. um, seemed really quite uh, I, I, w- I don't want to say embarrassed about being different half yeah uh, d- different or special half uh, British or anything uh-huh. um, but he always wanted to keep a <coughs> low very profile. Heavy, heavy lid on that. I he, can, he I can ne- imagine. He never wanted to s- huh. be caught out in front of his friends. You know, he would almost be reluctant to be with me in public because if he had to speak English to me in public, his friends might like see him, and I don't know whether they would tease him. But he he just felt he didn't want to stand out in that sense. Yeah. So, uh, where was I going with this conversation? Yeah. So, um, when he went to school uh, in in high school um, he being the, the eldest uh, the, he the, the eldest son went to school in uh, Nagano for high school uh-huh. basically because he wanted to pursue a love of speed skating okay uh, that, that was his Nagano city yeah, Nagano city yeah. Yeah, okay and that necessitated that he was a boarder mm-hmm. in, a, in, in a slight homestay dormitory yeah in Nagano um, and we would go up to the school, I don't know, maybe two, three times a year or something. Uh-huh. And I think it was maybe the second or third year that he was there. Uh-huh. I remember going into, it was some school festival and we had to go into the classroom. Yeah, the Bunkasai or whatever it is that they have yeah. annually. Yeah, yeah. And, and something was going on where we had to go into the classroom and suddenly other people in his class saw me, perhaps for the first time, and connected, connected that I'm his father. I see. Yeah? Yeah. Now, he has a completely Japanese name in Japan. Yeah. And I remember seeing some of them, just the look of shock on their faces when the, they realized that he was actually not completely Japanese. Now, to me, so he, he passes, looks, is what, to me, uh, what he they looks, call <laughs> To me, he looks absolutely half, you know. He, he doesn't look fully Japanese, but 
it's all about perception, isn't it? When, sure. you, when you meet somebody, they speak fluent Japanese, you interact with them completely in Japanese, everything they do is Japanese, their mannerisms are Japanese, you lose yeah. the fact that their face looks a little different. Maybe you had a first notion the first time you saw them, you're too polite to ask, right. you soon forget about it, he just yeah. becomes another person like you. Yeah. So, yeah, do they look... That, that, that was that was gobsmacking to me, that yeah. people were amazed to find that he had a, a British so he, father. He kind of passes, is what I would say, that culturally... Uh, I, I, could show, I could show you pictures of him and, and you would probably say, oh no, he looks quite mixed, as, yeah. as it were. Um, or, or maybe you've seen them on Facebook already, I'm not sure. But, I may uh, have. Uh, My next question is, yeah. uh, do you feel like your kids may have experienced anything like special privilege for being of a mixed heritage or discriminatory experiences? I've myself personally have tended mm-hmm. to get hooked up pretty well for being um, from a Western country. Mm-hmm. I, I think people tend to be kinder, maybe mm-hmm. more uh, generous with me. I personally feel that I've been put on a pedestal and my life in Japan has been made easier. Foreign privilege, I believe because, it's called. Yeah, yeah. yeah, because I'm foreign. Yeah. And specifically, obviously foreign. Right. So like reverse um, discrimination is what that would kind of be like. Your you could you preferential could say, treatment. You could say. Um, you know, uh, I think people who are much more knowledgeable about these things have probably written books about whether white, by which I mean Caucasian-looking people, get some kind of a pass that is not open to. That's what I hear anyway. To, uh, for example, people of either other Asian ethnic backgrounds mm-hmm. or even um, you know, African American or Africans, for example, mm-hmm. may may not get the same privileged treatment that I I think c- certainly I've been exposed to. Um, so you've enjoyed the benefits of, of gaijin privilege in Japan. How about your kids? For, for sure, do you, do for they sure. feel? Have they ever talked to you about? I feel like being discriminated against or being anything put on a pedestal, plus or minus. Whether um, no, I I don't think they would notice it for the simple reason that this is their only life and they've got nothing to compare it to. Sure. And, yeah. and yeah. at the same time, I think in Karuizawa... Pretty international. It's, it's, uh, I, I think that's a bit of a stretch to say international, but... Compared within, to where I live. Within, <laughs> yeah, within, within Japan, maybe it may mm-hmm. feel like that. Mm-hmm. And again, I think for other kids, it's like, you know, that's their norm. There, there are a few foreign or mixed... Mm-hmm. Kids well, that's great that you don't have anything to report about. Um, there, I know a guy. There have been issues of bullying in some of the local schools, but they haven't affected yeah. us. Yeah. Um, when I was directly. teaching at um, at Cebu here in Karizawa, yeah. there was a, a young girl, half um, African American, half mm-hmm. uh, Japanese. Okay, I know who Her, she is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, we're not going to obviously we're not going to say her name or anything, but. Um, she got moved to my school uh-huh. because, because she said issues. she was having issues with discrimination mm-hmm. at her school. Whether real or perceived, there was that. Mm-hmm. And then she came to our school. Um, I never got any details about about mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. I've met her father, but we didn't actually have a, t- a chance to... S- I'd love to interview him. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's a, he's a, if you could hook me up with, an interview with, with that guy, that'd be great. Mm-hmm. Because I'm sure he has a lot to say about that. Mm-hmm. Well, then again, he might not be able to being who he is, he, his he, position. He, he may find it diplomatically awkward to sure. 
to, yeah. to come out like that. But anyway, we could we could make it. You know, mm. we don't say his name or anything, yeah. but but I, the, I myself have never experienced, mm -hmm. except for one minor case, maybe some discrimination mm. in Japan. Mm. And as a guy who's lived here 20 years and had kids that have passed through the system, I thought it'd be interesting to mm. ask mm. you if you had any of that. Well, and it sounds like I, you haven't. I, I personally haven't, for me personally, and I'm not aware that either of my boys have had any mm. uh, instance that, that would really constitute discrimination or racism or anything like that yeah um, however I know at least five kids almost all of them uh, of mixed parentage mm -hmm. who've been pulled out of schools in this town pulled out of schools and huh. sent to either different schools or sent back for troubles of various bi bi kinds because bullying? For whatever uh, bullying for the most part okay um, yeah I, I think bullying in every yeah all they're all bullying cases are they all sort um, of like um, mixed Westerner with Japanese, Caucasian? Thinks, thinks, thinks. Uh, I, yes, I think they probably are. And yet, uh, okay. Yeah, um, and yet we, I pers we personally haven't. Now, is that a reflection of us or our kids? I don't know. I, yeah. It's very difficult to say. Um, uh, I, I, I mean, yeah. I, I came to Japan very much with the view that uh, this is. A land I love, a people I love, yeah. um, an environment I love. Mm -hmm. So it's not that I'm not going to rock the boat. I'm going to bend over backwards to make it work. That's kind of how so, I am with it too. So yeah. if you know, while, while I completely cool understand that mm -hmm. problems arise and they can anywhere, yeah. you know, I look for solutions. In, and, and my solutions want to be proactive without. You're a bridge-building optimist. Yes. In, yeah. I, I, yeah. I don't sort of think, oh, well, sod you, I'm. Yanking my kids out, sort of thing. Now, I don't say there's anything wrong with that because, right. in, for for example, one one of my friends, his solution actually went back to my original notion that uh -huh. it would be better to give the kids half an education in Japan and half in um, my home home country. Right. Yeah. Um, which is actually what he ended up doing for his kids, but that was catalyzed by bullying for his eldest. Yeah. And then so he pulled her out and and, and the rest the, the rest of their kids followed <clears throat> in the same pattern mm -hmm. of uh, education in Japan up to elementary mm -hmm. school mm -hmm. and then the rest of their education was abroad um, and I think for them that's worked out great because mm -hmm. they've got as it were the best of both worlds and so on um, but for me that wasn't so much an option I, I just every time we say to our kids you know would you like to study abroad mm -hmm. No, they're, they're, like, no, no, they're, no. they enjoy it's, their life here. They're, yeah, they're quite good. happy with the things the way they are, and I think they know that were they to study in a British or American or they English might speaking environment, bullying over there for being different. I, I don't think it's so much that. I think they just know that they would have to pull their socks up with the Eng on the English front, and that requires effort. The effort you know, to, that, to improve their English, that, to do all kinds that, of stuff like that. that. They have my lazy genes, so they're probably <laughs> thinking, nah, nah, I'm, I'm good. It sounds like you've got a good mindset. I've, I've heard it said, uh, I'm a podcast junkie, and so mm -hmm. I listen to a lot of podcasts. Some of them are uh, about psychology and philosophy, and I've heard that, that the human mind is naturally biased to remember negative things. And I've kind of seen this panned out with the foreigners that I meet here in Japan, mm -hmm. that as they live here, they tend to accrue negative memories. Mm -hmm. It can happen the opposite way too. Mm -hmm. People who are very uh, optimistic, who've had great experiences mm -hmm. here, and, and tend to, to 
really think about those and remember those positive experiences exist. There's differentiation in individuals, but there is a sort of human proclivity to focus on the negative and to maybe make mountains out of molehills and things like that. But it sounds like you've had a very positive experience here, well, it, and your kids have had a well, very positive experience I, I, here. I'm pro- whatever the percentage of people who do that, I'm I'm the other end of the scope, which just doesn't do. It. I don't yeah. focus on the negative at That's all. Good. I mean, That's I, good. Apart from anything else, I think I don't handle stress well. Okay. So all of my life, it's all it, it, my entire life has been Avoiding an exercise stress. in yeah, mi- minimizing stress. And <laughs> I don't think that means just running away from problems. I think it right. means just addressing things in a mature and sensible fashion. Right. Because right. I don't think anyone needs stress. At the end of the day, sure. everybody wants sure. a good solution where things are working and moving yeah. smoothly. You know, the oils, everything's yeah. nicely lubricated. Yeah. So yeah. You know, it's that's the way I roll. That's good. That's awesome. Um, well, there's absolutely nothing to talk about then <laughs> on the education front. Sorry, I didn't give you any handle to pull out some juicy, you know, something. Maybe those I'm stories sure. are the kinds of stories that make for good radio. But doing this show, listening to people talk about their experiences in Japan, it's also very important to note that. It's not just a bunch of people griping about the the trouble that they've had here. That there's mm-hmm. amazing success stories. There's people who don't experience any major negativity while they're here. Mm-hmm. Yet, on the contrary, have had wonderful experiences, and uh, I think that needs to be reflected in the stories as well. Mm-hmm. I have to say, though, of the people that I've met who've uh, done a stint in Japan, three, four, five years. Mm-hmm. The greater percentage of them has been has ended in negativity. To be honest mm-hmm. with you, and I tend to think that it might. So, sorry, did, did you say that for most of the people that you've met, yeah, that they, yeah, they, I they, they've, that kind of they've left didn't because I? it yeah. hasn't worked out for them. No, oh, no, 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 okay, no uh, more than fifty percent, I would oh, okay. say. Yeah, has yeah. has had uh-huh. like even if they've had a, have had great experiences here, traveling mm-hmm. with their foreign friends to the temples and things like mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. on the work front. Yeah, working here on the daily sort of like living here end of it, they've had uh, negative experiences. Okay, so, so here's where my experience probably typically differs from most people that you would be familiar with, mm-hmm. and that is basically ever since we came to Japan mm-hmm. um, to work, we've been freelancers. Uh-huh. So we've never had that the work politics or the Japanese company ethics or whatever, all those kind of nightmare stresses. Yeah. Um, added to which um, we haven't had the stresses of traveling, commuting we we, we work from home uh, so literally you know, (laughs) I I, I can be at my desk 20 seconds after waking up in your underwear in my pajamas or whatever (laughs) Um, and basically until you know the wife says isn't it time you got dressed? <laughs> Which is why you weren't sure about the day. <laughs> so, no wonder you have yeah. such an optimistic so, outlook yeah, yeah. on life. But on the other hand, part of this is all pre-planned. I mean, mm-hmm. I actually took stock before we came to Japan and started thinking, mm-hmm. if we're going to have kids, mm-hmm. how are we going to do it? I didn't think we could manage on our existing salaries, and ex- especially based on... Um, if you know, if sh- my wife had to give up work because of kids and that sort of thing, blah 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 blah. So mm-hmm. you know, how is it all yeah. going to f- be possible? And Dropping back to a single yeah. income. Yeah. So mm-hmm. this, 
everything from there on has been part of that process and we've had lots of knockbacks you know for reasons that have not been our fault um, that have really taken the wind out of our sails or taken us quite a few steps back mm -hmm. but the groundwork the foundations for our lifestyle were solid we've just kept plowing through and we're now we you know so we have another property still in Yokohama which is still mortgaged etc but mm -hmm. um, we're now in a place here in, in Karuizawa when mm -hmm. I say a place not just the location of Karuizawa but yeah, a, a place in our life mm -hmm. where I think things are basically good things yeah, are nice. smooth sound we've got uh, sufficiently comfortable environment that mm -hmm. we can just keep ticking along without too much stress well, um, let's continue along this, this mm. positivity vein. Mm. What are the greatest experiences you've had here in Japan? Greatest. It might be greatest. difficult to pull greatest. those out of a 20-year bag, but um, thinking back, when you, your happiest moments or um, in any kind of uh, perhaps interesting experiences off the beaten uh, path sorts of things? I think, I think the things that have most surprised me are... Uh, that magic word sumimasen, how, just how magic that word is. Because <laughs> as somebody who really has very limited Japanese skills, uh -huh. you know, when I used to go into uh, <coughs> Tokyo perhaps to meet up with some of my old buddies from JTB, I, I remember on one occasion, literally, I'd, I'd come out of Tokyo Station. This is before the days of smartphones where you, know, yeah. you, you can find out exactly where you are and where you want to be. Back and when you were like, lost all the time. I, I, I was that like era. looking and thinking, hold on, it didn't used to look like this because they knocked something down and rebuilt it. And I was like, okay, where the hell am I? Where, where am I supposed to be? Yeah, Tokyo and, changes quite a bit. And, and so, you know, I, I standing outside Tokyo Station, uh, waiting for the lights. I, I, I cross the road, get to the other side, and and then I, as you do as a as a, as a white horny male, you sort of hone in on the nearest good-looking Japanese person. <laughs> And it doesn't matter what they're doing. They'll stop they and help you out. They will stop and help you with, with those magic words. Mm -hmm. Even if they're desperately shy and don't think they can speak English or something like that. With Sumimasen, you've got them. Anyway, so I just said, Sumimasen, do you speak English? And she was, oh, you know, little, little sort of like, oh, little, just like this, holding her thumb and thumb and fingers like three millimeters apart. <laughs> and I said, um, can you help me? I'm, I'm looking for this address. Mm -hmm. And she was, oh. She thought about it for a couple of moments. I'm, I'm probably stopping her from crossing the uh, the lights now. And uh, and she said, "Oh yes, I think it's this way." Thank you very much. I carry on on my way. Mm -hmm. I've got I don't know 20, 30, 40 meters down the road when suddenly I she, she's running after she's you. She's running walk after you me. There. She's she's <laughs> running after me, and she's now saying, "Sumi must say, Sumi must yeah. And, oh, what, what? Uh, and I thought, oh, is it my lucky day? <laughs> but um, she comes up to me and says, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry. It's not this way, it's that way. Yeah? Wow. Now, honest, honestly speaking, I don't think that would. I, 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 I'd like to believe that would probably happen in London, but it Rever would Reverse situation. It yeah. yeah. They would just I'll sod it. They'll get lost and they'll ask the next person. We don't care. And off, off. But, yeah. you know, she was like, she felt some kind of moral obligation as though I'd memorized her face or something. Maybe I had. <laughs> that, you know, I would, find, that I would find her again and, and hold her to this. You sent me in the wrong direction. Or no, I don't know what it is, but she simply, you know, she chased after me. She had That's no awesome. need to. Yeah. 
Um, like it wasn't expected of her or anything like that. And saw you all the way to your destination. I would, I would never have held it, held it again. Or did she just tell you you were going she, the wrong she direction? She just corrected me, and it was oh, okay. like, sorry, yeah. that you know, it wasn't like she needed to walk me or anything, but she just she realized she got it wrong, and she. Yeah. I've heard a lot of stories of people getting walked to the location that That's they were asking. Yes, 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 yes. I mean, but that, that, if people have time, they might yeah. well do that. I couldn't tell, you know, she looked like she'd just finished work. She was yeah, tired. She, she was on her way you. home. Yeah. You know, blah, blah, blah. I, she might have missed a train or something. I really don't know. But it was like, <laughs> it was that level of like, the kind of thing that you just don't really expect in, certainly in my part of the world. Yeah. Um, and, but that wasn't sort so of a, atypical. A general that was, that level was, of mm. kindness that that, mm. that you yourself nice. didn't see in the, the UK. Is that what you mean? I, I guess. And um, do you think that's just because you're a foreigner? May, or do you may, think maybe that's a foreign privilege. The magic of being out because you know, <laughs> Mr. Whitey. Because, because you're a little different or whatever, and and they feel they want to help you, and and they understand that you're lost or something. Yeah. But um, I mean, if if we take that to Karuizawa for example we, we visited mm-hmm. Karuizawa perhaps 10 times on holiday mm-hmm. um, before we actually ended up buying land here mm-hmm. and um, it was on one of those trips here mm-hmm. that uh, I, I basically one of the reasons for coming to Karuizawa in the first place was have, with an African heritage I had absolutely zero winter sports experience mm-hmm. and I'd always wanted to try skiing so at the grand old age of eight, 38, I put on skis for the first time, came up to Karuizawa slopes. No, no, I came here first and then I put on skis. <laughs> and went skiing for the first time and, and I loved it. So we came back again and uh, at that stage my boys were, I don't know, something like four and two. Hmm. Yeah? Basically so, like my kids are now. So looking after them and skiing was not easy, but uh, basically I looked after them on the slopes, you know, with the... Uh, sorry, the, the sledge and what have you. Mm-hmm. Uh, while my wife went skiing in the morning, and then she took care of them. Actually, she just went shopping with them in mm-hmm. tow mm-hmm. in the afternoon. But that was always good, and so I went skiing. On the way back, uh, at least at the end of my day's skiing, mm-hmm. we were staying at a hotel, and the hotel had a courtesy bus that mm-hmm. ran between the slopes, and it, sure. it was the the Cyprus Hotel or Cyprus Hotel. Mm-hmm. Not sure how it's pronounced. Um, and I get on the bus, and I'm the only person mm-hmm. getting on the bus, and it's the same guy who's brought us there earlier, and, mm-hmm. you know, uh, previously we just had the sort of arigato mas as we got off the bus and mm-hmm. so on. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I get on the bus, and uh, he starts speaking to me in perfect English. And it turns out he's a retiree who's just doing this as a kind of voluntary help the okay, tourist yeah. type thing. yeah. So we, we chat for the five, six, seven minutes that it takes to get from the slopes back to the hotel on the bus. You mm. know, I, I, he, he sort of said, you know, sit anywhere you like, but I sort of sat front seat next to him. <laughs> yeah, Just had a, ch- had a chat, chat on the way back. Yeah. He sounded like quite a character. And, uh-huh. um, and so I said, um, I'm just about to have dinner with the family and everything, but, you know, I'm here on holiday and I've got nothing to do afterwards. Mm-hmm. You want to get if, a pint? If, if you fancy a drink. Mm-hmm. And he was like, do I? Yeah, <laughs> so, I so we went off. We had a, a drink. I had ended up having a second dinner with him because we went to an izakaya and what have you. And we became from from friends. And it, you know, to this so day, to this day, he, he's he's still here. Wow. Yeah. And um, so he was our introduction to life in Karuizawa on the cheap. 
Okay. Because yeah. he actually had, uh, he was managing a school's dormitory, uh-huh. uh, which was basically hardly ever used, bar maybe three weeks of the year or something. But huh. for six months of the year, he lived there just to make sure it was all shipshape and mm-hmm. not mouldy and blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And so we had access for very cheap accommodation nice. any time we wanted to come up to Karuizar, and we made use, use of it. Anyway, because we visited Karuizar so many times at all times of the year, mm-hmm. this is how I realized this was a viable place to live yeah. all, all year round. That led into your decision to move here then? Yeah. And, yeah. Um, the th- but the things that you see as being attractive in Karuizar as a tourist, mm-hmm. you know, like the fresh air, the open space, the... Uh, you know the the easy cycling courses, the shopping mall, the, all those things. Yeah? yeah. After we moved here, those all fell into abeyance. You know, those mm. were all second yeah. secondary points. What do you like best now? What, what, the what, what are your the people? The people. Okay. It's got such an eclectic mix of interesting people here. So that's what we were that, talking about originally. I was like, that, that I feel that like just, I'm that in you a just, different yeah, place. That you just don't. I don't think you find it anywhere else in Japan, and mm. you're hard pressed to find anywhere else in the world. I think with such a concentration is it of internationalism, or what would you say the flavor is that you that you like about um, the people that live here? Um, 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 what is it? You said eclectic, but yeah, just I mean, it's like it, a, it, kind it, of almost it, like obvious, a stand-in for international. It's, it's famous for attracting arty types, isn't it? Okay. I mean, it's, it's yeah. a writer's paradise, maybe a yeah. painter's yeah, paradise. That's that true. Yeah, yeah, cultural and, sort of thing. Yeah, and personally, I'm I've always been of a scientific bent. I mean, okay. I'm, I'm my, you know, my English is up to scratch, but I'm not really very good at any other language. Um, and I'm absolutely hopeless in, in all other artistic respects. I, I can't paint or play the piano or even sing. But you appreciate... But I, I, I love all those things. I, I love them at, almost to the point that I say I'm envious of people who have those talents. Okay, yeah. yeah. I, I don't want to go that far. Who isn't, it's not, though? It's not jealousy. Really? It's not jealousy, but... Who isn't, I, who, I really wish I, I wish I could, could paint like that. Yeah, I wish yeah. I could make music like that. I wish exactly, I could play the guitar exactly. like that. And, yeah. But I really do appreciate those skills. And in Kadarizawa, there's... It's booming with culture. A wealth of people like that. So to yeah. give you some idea, there, um, there's a, another cafe called Mototeka down the... You, you may know it, near okay. the police station. And I think once a month they have something called an open mic... Okay. An open mic. That must be fun. Open mic is where you come yeah, in, yeah, yeah. You, you put your name down on a piece of paper, you pay a thousand and you yen, thing. and you can Whatever. sing away. It, it's, yeah. it's like live karaoke. <laughs> you know what I mean? Poetry yeah. slam or music yeah. or whatever, so, yeah. So all these people Comedy. come. Now, yeah. I turn up with zero musical ability. Just Tony ability. with the mic. So, so, Good evening, so, folks. No, no, it's, it's even better than that. I don't put my name down on the paper. I don't even need to pay my thousand yen. I can just sit down and for the price of a cup of coffee, I have a full you come to evening's listen. entertainment. So you don't perform? For, no, <laughs> heaven forbid. Heaven forbid. Yeah. <laughs> so I get a full evening's entertainment with some fantastically talented musicians. I mean, yeah. all of these people could be, and maybe even are, professional level. Yeah, I would say if, that maybe the, most of the, of the amateur musicians that I run into mm-hmm. in Japan tend to be really good. They are, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, it's that wealth of... Mm. Um, in, for such a small town, 20,000 people are here. But yeah. 200,000 on peak season from <laughs> yeah, Tokyo. But, but, no, I mean, the people who go to these events yeah. tend to be the residents, yeah? True. Yeah. And yeah. there are just so many talented people that you just meet at these functions, and it's like, yeah. wow, it's... It's amazing. So comparing, say, how many years did you spend in Yokohama? Twelve. Compa- comparing those twelve years in Yokohama mm-hmm. to the eight years that you've spent here, 
how do the just a sort of broad sort of general comparison between those two places mm. what kind of uh, parallels or contrasts could you dr- draw between the two um, well they're completely different completely different natural, yes and you, um, did you enjoy the 12 years I, that you spent in Yokohama I did okay. um, we actually lived uh, latterly uh, in a place called Maita which was at the top of a hill on the one side you could basically literally see Mount Fuji on one side and wow. the Pacific Ocean on the other right nice. up high that's um, hard to beat but we didn't have much you know we knew our neighbours to say good morning and you know whatever social interaction was dialed mm. down right there's next not too to, much of that next to none next yeah. to none because uh, in my case at, at any rate none of them spoke a word of English other okay. than maybe hello but I'm not even sure if so then to what extent would you say that English speaking Japanese people in Karizawa have sort of made your experiences here um that's that's made a that's made a huge difference I mean the barista here to to my quality of life yeah (laughs) bilingual yeah blew me away (laughs) we started talking in Japanese and and then suddenly she told me yeah yeah. just switched to English after I found out that she'd spent eight years in Australia, I believe it yeah. was. And yeah. I was like, oh, so you're fluent in English? And she's like, ah, you know, I speak a little. Okay. And then we're like, oh, okay. And we just... Yeah. I, that would not happen where I live. I don't yeah. get too and, many of those and, people. Um, I don't recall going into any bars or anything in Yokohama where I could Someone just... Someone just speak fluent English with yeah, you? Yeah. Not even fluent. Be- broken. Know, not even broken, really. Just barely, kind of just barely. Barely passable um, conversation. Which was never really a great problem for me. But another example, something like sports. I... I love sports, but pr- practically all my adult life, I've really struggled to find the time or the uh, resources or the opponent, whatever. I've noticed to you're a enjoy tennis, bit of a tennis sports. buff. Is that, yeah, yeah. I, uh, amongst others. Um, yeah. So while I was in Yokohama, until the last stages, when I happened to meet a student who had, um, she, she was part of a tennis club that used a company facility down in Kamakura mm-hmm. only on Saturday mornings, and she invited me so. Towards the last stage, I started doing some Saturday morning mm-hmm. tennis there. Mm-hmm. But I was the youngest player you know, in that mm-hmm. group, mm-hmm. the oldest of which, amazingly, was 94 <laughs> and, and still played pretty good tennis. Anyway, did he, be beat, that, he or she beat you? Um, <laughs> that would be stretching it a little bit. Anyway. So you were just beating up on the elderly then. <laughs> but yeah, it's a no-win situation when that happens, isn't it? Anyway... Um, Notwithstanding that introduction at the final stages, but that was always the same group of people that we were playing with. Uh, so you really didn't have a large social network in, in it, Yokohama, uh, the network yeah, that no, you have now. Yeah, yeah. And, and not only that, I mean, for example, if you wanted to play tennis in Yokohama, you would need to book the tennis court about three months in advance without wow. having any idea what the weather was going to be like How about here in Karizawa? Do you have well, access to tennis courts? P- permanent. I mean, you can literally make a decision on the spot. I could say to you, hey... I don't think it's going to rain for the next couple of hours. Let's go down to the courts and we could literally go and play right now. You'd be beating up on the elderly once again. <laughs> Except you're younger than me, surely. Well, I'm starting to feel old. Uh, um, so tennis that, is something that, I'd like to get yeah, into, though, yeah, so, so we'll have to play sometime. Mm, yeah, so, so those those benefits of Kalorizawa, the sporting benefits of Kalorizawa, are just Instant access fantastic. to tennis courts. It's not just tennis courts. Cafes that have English-speaking baristas. Yeah, um, there's... Uh, I mean, yeah, there's a wealth of things. Good food. 
Not yes. cheap, yes. but good food. No, no. If you, once you live here and you know you which are the good restaurants, the I mean, our favorite restaurant is you want to plug something? the price. Sorry? You want to plug a restaurant real quick? I, I, I'm ahead. happy to plug, yeah. Go ahead, uh, hit there, it up. There's an Italian restaurant uh, called La Pacchia, which is on the road joining um, the uh, station mm-hmm. uh, and Suruya on, okay. on north-south road. Mm-hmm. La Pacchia. Um, La Pacchia. Okay. Uh, Trattoria La Pacchia, I think, is the Trattoria official. La is the official <laughs> full name, but their food is just magnificent. It's okay. you know, good, wholesome. How much for plates. a plate of pasta? Uh, 800, 900, a m- About a thousand, maybe. But yeah. t- I mean, typically, average, it, you know, yeah. say four of us will go there to eat. Yeah. And when we go to this place, we absolutely gorge ourselves. Between four of us, we would probably have. Six or you seven don't look main like you've dishes. ever gorged yourself, to well, be honest. Well, maybe you. not, but... but not we, by American we, we standards. Have, we would have maybe six or seven main courses and a couple of side salads or something. What do you pay and, altogether? And we will come away with eight for 8,000 yen or oh, something. That's not bad at all. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. Eight to 10,000 yen, depending on how much the wife drinks. <laughs> Trattoria La... La Pacchia. La Pacchia. Yeah. Okay. I'll have to check that out next time yeah. I get yeah. a chance to take my wife out on a date, which... <laughs> how many years will that be from now, I wonder? <laughs> Well, Tony, it's yeah. been great interviewing you. I feel like there's so many other things that we could talk about. We're going to have to probably do this again at some point. Okay. Uh, we didn't come into it today with any agenda, other than I, I said I wanted to talk about your kids' experiences being Hafu's growing up in the Japanese educational system. But mm-hmm. it sounds like you've got nothing in particular to report on that front. Well, I haven't got any juicy scandals or problematic issues or things like that. But um, now I'm, I'm always happy to plug Karuizawa as a year-round destination okay uh, i mean not just a destination a place to live it's uh you know, well the next so time going for i interview we'll have to figure out whether topics we can hit but i'm sure there's a lot mm-hmm. 20 years is a long time to be in japan and uh do you imagine you're going to be here until you're dying are you going to spend the rest of your life uh, here my, in or are you going to head my, back to london in, at some my point my intention is to die here so you are a lifer an expat uh, lifer yes, as they said you're yes. not a cloud no. That's my that's my term, my disparaging term for people that come and go and Float pass in through. Float in and out, yeah. Load in and out. You're not a cloud. No. Although if you were, you'd be a 20-year cloud, which is a rather I, large... If, if, if I were, I'd be a cumulonimbus. Cumulonimbus, yeah. A good big summer cloud. That just...